0: Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. All right, so this week we're talking about worship, and I I get to talk about worship as a lifestyle, and you know, Nate laid a great foundation for us, and um, last week during worship I went into this like vision encounter thing, and If you're prophetic and you see things, it was like overwhelming what God spoke to me. And I felt like the Lord wanted it to be the sermon today. So really what you're getting is this encounter I had last Sunday in worship. And um, it's the sermon for today and this is new for me i usually have you know me my little points and i really like them and all that but um today it's a vision and the first thing that happened in the vision was there was this fire that came on me and it was a fire of his holiness and he said i want you to know this is a word of the lord for the church like us as a body and this fire just hit me and my ears were burning and i was my whole being was like hot on fire and the lord said i'm bringing my holiness into this body and I was like go for it whatever anything in me that isn't of you just get rid of it right now and my ears started to burn on fire and he goes listen closely to me and I felt like that was for all of us to find this place as I'm talking about worship as a lifestyle it's about this intimacy with him where we spend time with him and he begins to speak and those things in our lives that aren't honoring to him we just get rid of and let him come in and change our lives. As we yield to him, we see him move in those ways where we see things in our lives that, we, that don't honor him and we just need to get rid of them. And it's a safe place. It's one thing that I feel worship in that place, in this corporate worship, or at home when you're worshiping him, and you you have this thing that you're struggling with, unforgiveness, whatever it is, bitterness, anything that you're holding on to that isn't of him. And it's a safe place when his presence comes and you're worshiping him to say, God, I physically probably can't forgive this person, but I know Christ in me can. And you just give it to him and then he fills you with his love. And he fills you with his presence. Has anyone ever had that happen to them in worship? Yeah, there's a lot of hands. And it's like he has this way of where we're vulnerable in this place of worshiping him, where we're really raw and honest, where he speaks to us. And things take up. They just get off of us. They're broken off of us. Um, you know, and Pastor Nate shared a short portion of this verse. I want to read Isaiah 6.1. But as I read it, I want you to really think about what these words say. I mean, this is an encounter Isaiah had. And he's seeing into the heavens, and he's trying to describe what he's seeing. But not just in the encounter of seeing, there's an action that takes place after. So in the let's start with verse 1. So if you have Isaiah 6, why don't you open to it? If not... Caleb got it up here for us. So in the year of King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. I want you to just think about this. This is what he's seeing. He's seeing into the heavens, and he sees the Lord high and exalted in this throne. The train fills the temple. I mean, can you imagine his very presence is filling this whole space? Above him were seraphim's which was six wings with two wings they covered their eyes with two wings they covered their feet and with two wings they were flying and they are calling to one another what are they saying in heaven this is what they're saying let's say it together holy 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 is the lord god almighty the whole earth is full of his glory doesn't that sound powerful that's what's going on in heaven what are we doing on earth we're trying to do the same thing Holy, holy, holy. We want to see the whole earth full of your glory on earth as it is in heaven. At the sound of the voices, the door stops and the threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. The presence of the Lord came in. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. When we see Him, what do we do? Oh, we're so not worthy, but you are worthy. You are worthy of it all. Then one of the seraphims flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go? And I said, here am I, send me. Let's just pause here a minute. You know, Jesus came that we could have life, right? That he would forgive us of all of our sins and we'd walk in this victory. He didn't say that so that we weren't empowered to do it. He gave us all authority. He said here I got it now I give it to you and to find and to live in that freedom i f- the other in this vision I had seen chains and they were just falling off of people and the Lord said where my spirit is there is freedom do you realize that his spirit is here he's in you there's freedom there's liberty anything that's holding you back you can step in and ask oh heavenly father break those chains off of me that's his desire. Where the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. What is Isaiah's response? Here am I, send me. I love how Sadie shared the full mission of the burn. as missions is that the full mission to be missional outside the walls of the church, in the nations. Here am I, send me. When we encounter Jesus, we can't not tell people. We've encountered this thing that everyone needs to have in their life. He's an amazing, holy, awesome God. He sent his son that we could have life and have it abundantly here on earth and for eternity in heaven. When we encounter him in worship, our perspective on the world begins to shift. You start to get his heart for the world. There's this exchange that happens in worship. You know, we're just trying to lay it all out and say, you are so worthy and holy are you. And what exchange comes in us is that he takes the coal, he cleanses us, and then he says, okay, now go out and share what you've just experienced. Do you get that exchange that happens in worship? It's a powerful thing. Isaiah's showing it and just trying to explain his picture he's seeing in heaven. Our posture needs to be that. Yes, God, here am I, send me. (laughs) So, allow God to move on your heart. That's what I'm saying. Even in your, we're gonna go into more of the practical in our day-to-day life, but there are times, this last week, I was stopped. Um, someone shared a testimony with me. Amazing healing. And as they were sharing it, all of a sudden the presence of God came and I thought, I could miss this moment, Jesus, or I could step in. And I just started just worshiping him. Not because of what he did. You know, he did this amazing miracle, but it's because of who he is. He's this amazing, holy, awesome God, and He cares about us. I was just undone by Him once again. And I thought, God, as fast as I caught that, I could have missed it. And that's the lifestyle of worship, is in those moments in your day, you know, that thankfulness draws you into worship. As you begin to thank Him, we just sang that song, Thank You. (laughs) And as you thank Him over the things in your life, It'll pull you out of a place. Let's say you're in a dark place and you start thanking God for who he is and thanking him for just being God and that you can have a relationship with him. You will come out of that place and into a different victorious place pretty fast. I would love to see, I, that's the Psalms again and again. David's saying all these frustrating things he's walking through. You always know where David's really at in life, <laughs> don't you, in the Psalms? Like he's frustrated, he's, if things are difficult. All oh, the enemies are against me. They hate me. They say bad things about me, whatever. And then all of a sudden he comes in, but you, oh God, you're my deliverer. I worship you. And he steps through it. He never stays in that place very long. He desires for us to do that in our personal walk, in our personal worship. So back to the vision. As I was on fire burning, then all of a sudden I saw the line of Judah just come in the room and he started walking around here. And I was like, oh my word, Jesus, you are here. What are you doing in this place? And as a pastor, you're like, what am I supposed to do? Help me, God. Okay, we'll be honest, right, Nate? Right, Chris? We're just like, you see God moving and you're like, I don't wanna miss it, but I also don't wanna mess it up. I don't want to do something like in this moment that you want to touch lives. And I knew he just wanted to go and touch lives. So I said, you just go, Jesus, have your way, show me if I'm supposed to do anything. It's very humbling. You're like, what am I supposed to do? And the Lion of Judah, he was just roaring and walking over you. And there was just this authority over your lives. You know, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus shows up and there's an incredible authority because of who he is. He's the great I am. You know, Jesus came and gave us that incredible relationship now that we can have that intimacy with him, but he is jealous for us. He roars over you with authority to break things off of you. He, You're thinking of, I have these mountains in my life, and you know what, Jesus is... There, He's ever interceding with you over those things and he's roaring over you. So as I saw this picture of roaring, the Lord brought me to Revelation 5 where it talks about the lion of the tribe of Judah. So I was like, what do you wanna say? I just wanna read this to you. I think he'll put it up if you have your Bibles. Go to Revelation 5.5. 5. Because this is another powerful scripture of another person trying to describe what's going on in heaven, right? trying to explain what they're seeing and hearing. Do not weep, as he's in the encounter. <laughs> what do we do a lot of times when the presence of God comes? We weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He's able to open the scrolls of the seven seals. He's here. Then I saw the lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and elders. The lamb had seven horns, seven eyes, Which were the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. We went and we took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one of them had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Do you know your prayers are stored in heaven? Whoa. And they sang a new song. What did they say? Let's, start, let's say it together. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and a priest to serve our God and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands. Do you ever feel defeated? Read that verse. What is backing you? Thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and elders. With a loud voice, they were saying, What's going on in heaven? Let's say it together. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. That's what's happening in heaven. Worthy, worthy, worthy is He. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praised and honor and glory and power forever and ever. That's what's going on in heaven. We get to partake here on earth. We get to be a part of that. I said it before, but only on earth, in your trials and in your pain, can you choose to worship him. In heaven, you're just doing it. I remember Bill Johnson preaching a sermon on this and I was just so undone. And I thought, it just put a perspective in me as like, this is a choice. Only on earth can I choose this. Only in this place of the most difficult thing I've ever walked through can I choose to say, you are good no matter what I see and you are worthy of my praise. I was thinking back when I was worshiping and praying over this over some difficult places we'd been and where we just had to stop and say, You know, none of this really matters. All that matters is you are worthy and you're never gonna change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I see in front of me looks like a big old mess. It looks scary, it looks whatever. But in you, you're worthy of it all. And it just shifts your perspective and you begin then to bring his presence into the situation. It's this great exchange. It's the only way I can explain it. We get to join heaven in what's going on there. The next part of the prophetic vision um, was this incredible love that God poured out on all of us. But it was such a fierce force. I was like, this is intense. And he said, it is my jealous love for you. And it was just so powerful. And that is what I'm gonna pray at the end of the sermon that everyone senses that encounter that I had about his jealous love. Because in that place, I knew nothing was impossible. I knew that everything in life that I'm facing in this moment or have faced or what's to come, he was strong enough and his love for me was great enough. He's for us. He is for you. All of heaven is backing you. The thousands upon thousands. His jealous love, it was like a force. is the only way I could describe what I was experiencing. It was this incredible force. And I've encountered his love many a times, but never like this, because it was over this huge corporate body. And he's like, I am so jealous for their love, and I am my love for them is being poured out. And it was just this intensity that I can't explain other than it was a huge force. It was like a tsunami and I kept thinking of Romans 8 where it says, for I'm convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from that, nothing. And then I started to think of Song of Solomon 8 which there were two things in my, as a pastor going into this, I said I would never speak on Song of Solomon or Revelation. And what is this sermon about? Anyway, (laughs) those are two things. I'm like, I'm never teaching those two things. Anyway, (laughs) humbling, right? But Revelation, I mean, in Song of Solomon 8, verses six and seven, it talks about his jealous love. When Pastor Nate had the encounter for burning hearts and for the name, this was the scripture the Lord gave him. And we all also had the Luke where we were undone because we had the Word of God. I mean, we were seeing the Word of God come alive. We started seeing God do incredible miracles and healings, and our hearts were burning because of the truth of his Word. And we felt like probably in marketing, that was probably a better verse than this one in Song of Solomon, right? So any of you who know Song of Solomon, you're probably like, yeah, that's probably better. Anyway, not that we market, but just like that's out there is like our hearts burned within us for the Word of God. But in Song of Solomon, it says, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as a grave. Its flames are flames of fire. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown it. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Put it on as a seal on your heart. Pour it out, God. Pour out your love for us that we would recognize that in that place there you go so there's the foundation for us to worship there's our foundation for it to be a lifestyle of who we are is that he is amazing he is who he says he is and he desires to encounter us he desires for us to walk in this to nothing will separate us from his love nothing So as I was pondering just lifestyle worship, because that's what I felt like I was supposed to talk about, I'm going to wrap this up pretty fast, sorry, going strong. (laughs) I want you to think about in your life, in your days as you walk with him this week, I'm going to just pray into this over your lives, that in those moments in your life where we could pause and just recognize this holy, awesome God, we actually do it that we just take this moment and say, God, you are so worthy, you are so amazing. That we pause, it might be when you're making dinner. There's times I have encounters in my kitchen a lot and it's just like his presence comes on me and any mom in this room goes, yeah, I spend a ton of time in the kitchen. That's probably why, right? And so it'll just come in the presence and in Ted in work, he'll say, the Lord just showed up. And just to say that you recognize him and that he's worthy, he's worthy of it all. As we worship and spend time with him, it destroys the enemy. In Psalms 18, it talks about David's going through his heart of what God has done in his life, and he's thanking him, and you're my strength, my rock, my deliverer. I put my trust in you. In verses 46 through 49, the Lord lives, blessed be the rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God who avenged me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lifted me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give you thanks, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praise to your name. Great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. You guys, he delivers us. He delivers us out of those places and he sets us on his sure foundation. Worship is a powerful tool in so many ways. We don't do it because it's a tool. We worship because of who he is. But the overflow of it is tremendous. Do we have time for one testimony? (laughs) There's two times in my life where I saw worship is taking out the enemy. One was I was in yWm living in Hawaii and we used to do 24-7 prayer kind of like the Burns, worship and prayer, worship and prayer. And our head leader, I had the 3 a.m. Yay, those three a.m. worshipers. But God encounters the 3 a.m., right? He pours out. Okay, so 3 a.m. and we're worshiping, we're praying, we're doing our whatever we're supposed to do and trying to stay awake, right? Let's be honest. And so we're doing, you know, our thing at 3 a.m. and all of a sudden the Lord says, Go into a Jericho march over this. Restaurant And we're like, what? And we knew we were supposed to. The leader of the base is there, and we're like, okay, we'll obey, because the leader's here. He's the leader. And so we went, and we started doing this march. And this restaurant was the key hub for the New Age movement. If anyone goes to Hawaii and Maui, it's Paia. And you would know. It's like, Paia is like New Age capital. Anyway, it's kind of where the New Age movement kind of moved into the nation. And um, we felt really led to go do this Jericho march. So in the middle of the night, we're Jericho marching around it seven times, declaring some things that the Lord gave us. And in that moment, we just were like, God, just, you can do this. You know, you can t- we can take the land, because that's who we are. Like our faith stirred in the worship. And it was a powerful moment. And I went off, I was in Fiji, and I came back, and the leader goes, do you know what happened when you were gone? I was like, oh no, what happened? Life's going on. And he goes, that restaurant went bankrupt. They gave the restaurant to us for free, And they said, here, you can have it. And you know what? That is now like one of their hubs in that place. And we got to go in and crash every crystal in the place and every stone and just say, this is given to you. But the power of worship, it's not about what he did. I mean, it's about who he is. He has that kind of power. He has that authority and he's given it to us. Go take the land, right? Take the land. I'll tell you another one another time. Okay, so he is so worthy of our praise in our families, in our lives. Um, And I just wanna end. Let's just stand up. I realize the time is short here. You know, it's important that we gather on Sunday to worship. I always say to me, Sundays are the gathering point to celebrate everything God's done in all of our lives all week. That's what I look at Sundays as because you're having church and life and presence of God every day in your homes. God is moving in each one of your lives every day where you're at. I mean, it's church, right? That's what church is. But when we come here on Sunday, we get this power of celebrating everything he's done together and worship together over it. It's like that overflow of the goodness of what he's done all week. And so I just, I I really am so thankful for this church that jumps in the river, but I'm also thankful that God sees us. He has this incredible, jealous love for us. And I hope that word really spoke to you guys. So let's just pray. I I just know he wants to just encounter us to encounter his love. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the words that you gave. I thank you for the word of God that just makes us come alive. We can see what's going on in heaven. I thank you, Lord, that the angels are worshiping you. Holy, holy, holy. And on earth, right here, in this place where it's a choice, where we choose to worship you, we can step in and worship you daily. I thank you for that freedom. Lord, I pray that we encounter your love. Lord, that jealous love that I saw, that fierce force that came over. I ask that each one in this place would encounter your love like never before. You know, we always say to know who we are in Christ, if we encounter that love, we are never the same again. We know who we are. We're yours. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this place and in each person's life. I thank you for the move of God that's happening in our city because these people in this room said yes to you. They had an encounter with you and they said, yes, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Uh, They had an encounter with you and now they're like, I can't be silent, I gotta go and disciple. I gotta go out and tell people about how amazing my God is. Lord, I thank you that as we go into our homes this week and into our offices, that we would have those moments where we pause and we just thank you, we worship you, that it's the overflow of our heart. Let the rivers just flow and that great exchange take place where we worship the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And you come and inhabit those places. You come and inhabit it, God. So I pray over our lives that habitation, that true exchange to come. Thank you, Father. I pray in our cars we encounter you. I pray as kids go back to school, they encounter you. We prayed in our homes, in our businesses, in our places of work, God, we encounter you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.